Welcome to Comedy Girl Crush Podcast. I'm Katie Dawson. I'm Nikki Urban. And our guest today is actor, comedian, writer, director, everything, Haley Mancini. She was a story editor of Powerpuff Girls, amongst other incredible animated series. And you can catch her as a co-host of Godzilla vs. Podcast Zero on all of the podcasting networks. Hello, Haley. Hey. Hey, ladies. <laughs> hey, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I like that we all just went into podcast voice. We're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, we were just it's like, happening. before this, we were like, wow, yeah. yeah so we were like, jamming. Oh. We were just talking. But we were talking into the microphone, so you can put those in if Maybe you want to get this conversation. Maybe I'll splice random yeah. places. There you go. There you go. <laughs> just like cut to random. See if you could piece this conversation together. <laughs> <laughs> We have a hostile relationship with our audience. <laughs> Figure this one out, listeners. <laughs> Take that. We're doing a data approach. Uh, yes, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks uh, for having me. We've uh, I've been a fan of yours for years. Thank you. And, and the feeling is mutual. Yeah. Oh Lord. my goodness. Lord. Goodness. You've had uh, you've had a, quite a career in comedy. So far, no, it's been pretty good. I've been, yeah, like I, uh, yeah, I guess I've been around for a while now. I just realized I like saw, you know, you get those Facebook memories that are like, this is how old you are. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, I remember my like first classes and stuff. Yeah. How, how long has it been? I think I moved here in 2007 and I got into classes pretty fast at Groundlings and UCB. And then, yeah, and then I did, like, I did classes for a couple years. I got on some house teams. I went to Boom Chicago in Amsterdam. I came back. And, yeah, now I'm, like, still doing all that, and I've been writing on shows and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Sorry if I'm sniffly. (laughs) I had an allergy attack this morning, as I told you guys. But the listeners don't know, so if they hear me stuffy. They might think you're sick. Yeah, Yeah, and I'm not sick. Let it be known. I'm not sick. I was just sneezy this morning because so it's been raining. Something got me. Mm-hmm. Did you get your flu shot? Did, for sure. Awesome. Yeah. I haven't yet. I have to. Ooh, you got to get it. Have you, ever, have, have you ever gotten the flu? Like, gotten the flu? I don't think so. But I know that if you do, you would it's know. like gnarly. Yeah, yeah you exactly. know. The, that's yeah. The, the definition of having had the flu is, have you had the flu? And you say yes. <laughs> Or because if you th- right. if you don't think if you th- even if you think so it's not it and it's like this is somebody had told me this okay and I was like all right whatever and then in two thousand nine I did get the flu and I was like after that I was like yep they were completely correct because uh-huh. I had been sick before right but that was the one year I didn't get a flu shot and oh. then I got you guys I remember that I lived on the west side and I had come. It was like a Friday night, and I had come home. I had done like, I don't know, a workshop or something at UCB or something. And then I drove back home, and within an hour, I went from like, "Mm, I feel like kind of weird, to I feel like I'm going to die. Wow. Like, and I I dragged myself. I lived like behind a Chinese place, and I like dragged myself over to get like some soup. And I was like, maybe I can beat this thing. (laughs) And I like got the soup, and like I could hardly walk up the stairs to my apartment. And this was all within an hour that this all happened. And then I was done for the next for the next week straight. I was dead sick. Had to. I was like a tutor, and I had to get subs for all my students. And then, 
And then after that, this is the big thing with the flu is it's the after effect is that you get either pneumonia or bronchitis. Oh, my God. So I got the worst bronchitis I've ever gotten. I pulled every muscle in my back trying to breathe. Oh. Yeah. And I was like, and then, so it took me like, I mean, a month all told to like recover from all the parts of it. And I was like, so that's the flu. Yeah. <laughs> so get your flu shots. And it was just like, you just don't think it's that bad. Cause there's a lot of people that, th- cause you think you've had, I thought I had had the flu before. Right. And then yeah. I was like, oh, oh, this is what people are talking about. Right. I've had bad yeah. colds, but yeah. that was the flu. Right. The flu <laughs> is like, you know, you, you know. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> It's like true love, guys. You just know. You just know. Mm. Otherwise, you're a pretty, like, healthy person. No. No. Healthy? (laughs) I have a terror. My brother calls me a Victorian lady because I'm, like, always. I have, like, no immune system. I'm, like, (laughs) like, all the time. Just always falling apart. What do you think Uh, that is? Do you think it's, like, the stress of your, your, like, schedule? I think. I don't know. I've always been kind of that. Like I was even when, when I was a kid and they say like sometimes there's like some trauma related, like it makes an imprint on your immune system or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that like I had a pretty crazy family growing up, but it wasn't like, hey, I guess it wasn't like, it, you know, a fucking lifetime movie of the week or anything. <laughs> but sure, sure. I guess I'm a sensitive person, so it must have imprinted on me or something. <laughs> so, yeah, I've, I mean, I've gotten better over the past couple years but now honestly like I started making sure I get eight hours of sleep and honestly there was probably like a direct correlation to that (laughs) it's real yeah the correlation between Mm -hmm. sleep and health is very real it's very real and America loves to deny that we need sleep and it's like nope you absolutely need eight hours of sleep a night it just is a fact deal with it (laughs) yep Uh, maybe that's my problem (laughs) it might be I used to get bronchitis all the time when I was like younger. Did you? But both my parents smoked in the house and then oh, eventually shit. quit. Like, but it was in, like in the early nineties, you know. Yeah, no, nobody like, knew. Ever, that was normal. Away. Like, I would get bronchitis all the time, and then when they quit smoking the house, oh, my bronchitis went Magically away. Magically, wow, guys. What what area are you from? Where where are you from? Um, I'm from California. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I was gonna be like Midwest because I'm from no. Denver, and definitely people uh, were smoking inside forever. Yeah, yeah. No, I. Don't know. I um, uh, yeah, just Cal- California. Oh, cool. No, there. So you're from Denver? I'm from Denver. Do you have a uh, brother sister? I have two What's your older band? brothers. Two brothers? Two older brothers, yes. And I'm uh, uh, a fifth generation Coloradan, which I have now found is so rare. There's none of us left. Because <laughs> Denver got, Denver blew up in two different waves in like 94 after the Northridge earthquake. And then when it legalized pot first. Oh. And it's now as expensive as L.A. Wow. Like, I went home and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm paying the same prices as, you know, whatever. As, and, and then for the, like, I would, didn't think about it. And then I was driving home and I'm like, wait. But when I used to come home, I'd be like, ah, yeah, $3 gin and tonic. Woohoo! You know? <laughs> Not the same anymore. Yeah, it's really yeah. blown up. Wait, so when the 94 earthquake happened, did people move from Los from Angeles? here to Denver oh. in droves? Because I remember it because I was like, I remember that they built because it was like, th- this is the weird, this is the weird irony. I, I love California. I love living here. You're not going to get me out of here. But there is a very, and I'm very liberal, but there is a weird 
hypocrisy in uh in liberal america where when they move to a place that is cheaper even if they're of a liberal ideology they build like a ten thousand square foot house because they're like my money goes further and you're like why'd you do that that's so freaking weird that's just the weirdest you're like but we know because like a house is trash right (laughs) It's a big piece of trash that takes up a whole bunch of space, right? Right. right. Technically, like we're living in it, but technically to the earth, it's a big piece of trash. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> so it's very, it was very weird because they put in a whole neighborhood of McMansions next to it. And it was like next to uh-huh. us and it was all like all people from LA and it was like in 94, 95. Oh. Yeah. And I mean, they're just buying the houses that are built, of course. It's not like they're like, I want right. the biggest house in ever, but yeah. Do you think that influenced your decision to move to LA? <laughs> Being <laughs> around right. these people? Getting back. At- no, uh, I, but you know what, though? I did make a lot of great, like, honestly, three good friends that I, I guess, and maybe you're right, Nikki. Like, I, because three of my good friends were Los Angelinos that moved to Denver and we became friends. And I was like, they're really nice. So, yeah, and then, but I also just, I don't like cold weather. Yeah. I just don't. I, like, went to Boston for school, and I remember senior year when I was like, I'm fucking out of here the second <laughs> I graduate. Like, I was like, this is too cold for me. What school did you go to? Boston College. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So, curious, uh, what, when did you figure out you wanted to focus on comedy or, like, how, how did you get to the point where you were like, oh, yeah, this is a thing? Or do you, is this is comedy even still, like, what you consider your, like, track in life? Ooh. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. these are good questions. I, I think I always knew – I always liked being funny, and I, like – I enjoyed that. I think my parent, but my parents would always give like the gag gifts, like the silly gifts to my brother. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, <laughs> I like the feeling of making people laugh. I'm the one that gets in trouble for making people laugh at school. But then I was, I went to school to become a doctor. So I did pre-med, but then I did major in theater, but I also majored in mathematical economics. <laughs> Wow. So I did, I, because BC was expensive. So yeah, I was like going to get the most bang for my buck. (laughs) Yeah. And then at the end of school, it was like, I I decided I I was like a little short on my pre-med requirements because I was like, I don't want to be a doctor anymore. And then I graduated into the recession. Right. Like the recession was like Mm. starting to happen before, you know, like I'm doing interviews for jobs or jobs and I'm like, these jobs aren't existing. And then it was like, okay, well, I'd always kind of wanted to do it, and that's why I majored in theater. And then I thought, well, I'll just do it for a year and see. And then, like, I really quickly got pulled into comedy. So I wasn't seeking comedy because I didn't have that track. Because, like, being from Denver without much of a scene, you, you don't even know that's a possibility. So yeah. you're like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And then I got pulled into a short-form group through uh, – Where was that at? Uh, it was, it's called script. It was called scripties. It's a short form. It was a short form, a stripping improv group, everybody. (laughs) But I had never done improv before. And they were like, they, my ex-friend's ex-boyfriend, I say ex-friend for a reason. She married my ex. (laughs) 
Actually, yeah, she's garbage. Anyway, but she, uh, her exes are, the rest of her exes are cool. And so this guy had asked me to, uh, he was like, we lost a person. We have somebody, we have our first show going up. You've always been funny. Can you improv? And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> He's like, just make, you just make stuff up. Just come in and, and play with us. See if you fit. And I did it. And then I, it was like, I f- remember feeling like, oh, I'm good at this. Like, I get this. And then I joined that group and did that for a long time and then did UCB and Groundlings and stuff like that. And then IO and, So yeah. Scriptease was out here and in Los Angeles. It was here, yeah. Oh, it was okay. like right when I got here. It was just kind of like very weirdly almost destiny kind of thing because I wasn't seeking it. I was like, I mean, I kind of was like, yeah, Groundlings, that seems cool. But I wasn't seeking like a... I didn't know enough about it to have those goals, <laughs> you right, know? Yeah, right. that's it. You yeah. didn't, like, move to L.A. going, I'm going to be on a Herald team. Yeah, yeah, right. I was like, I have no idea what anybody's talking about with any of this. Like, yeah, I was like, I got called back for a UCB Herald team. And then that's what it locked in. And I was like, I want this so bad, yeah. which was not healthy. <laughs> <laughs> um, how many years did it take? Like, so you did Boom Chicago. Mm-hmm. Which is like a big, it's a big deal. Like, Boom Thanks. Chicago, that I feel huge. like that's, that was like huge. It, sure. You know, they take like the best of the best. Well, um, thanks. And I feel like I still never got on a Herald team, for the <laughs> record. I still never got on a UCB Herald team, even after I got back from Boom Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> did you try? Anything. I did try once after I got back from Boom and I didn't even get called back. And I was like, okay. What? Yeah, yeah but you know what? That's the thing is like, that was it, honestly I think that's a good moment in life because it's mm-hmm. a moment where you go do I tie myself worth to something like this with right. this many variables that have nothing to do with me yeah when I know I went and did a good job or do I just go live my life so if you are a listener who does not know what a herald is uh or what auditioning for UCB is like herald is like the house team house improv teams at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater and, and, and at other, and, I, yeah. like any place that does long form, yeah. uh, long form that uh, that follows a uh, an opening, three different scenes, uh, a group game, three more scenes based on the first three group game out. Yes. Right? Like, because yeah. it's at IO and it's at. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it's a, it's a big deal. It's a big deal to get like, or at least, I mean, it, it still be. is. It can be a big deal for people. People put a lot of like their self-worth on whether or not they get on a team Absolutely. but it's literally like did hundreds for, maybe thousands term. of people who are trying to get on these teams where there's like 12 slots so it's like almost impossible you could be one of the best people and still like never get a blink so absolutely and that happened to a lot a lot of people yeah, yeah. and I did I went through years where yeah I did I for years I did place like self-worth on it especially because I was dating a guy that was on a team and you know, it starts yeah. to become a social yeah. thing. And, but, you know, I just, but the funny thing is, is that you, like, now I go and watch it and I, I enjoy it. Like, if I go see it, like, the guy I'm seeing is, is on one of those teams and, you know, I just, now I watch it and I'm like, actually, this is, I don't want to perform Heralds anymore because <laughs> yeah. now I'm like, I just want to go do an Armando or a montage, like, more loose forms or something. So yeah. it's funny. I'm like, oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Dreams of the past. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, it's a heavily structured form. Very it's structured. a lot of work. It is a lot of work and it's, and it's fun and it's awesome. And honestly, like that is not to diminish when people do get on that. It is a huge deal. Yeah. It absolutely is. And they deserve it and all of that. But for me, it wasn't, I don't know. I guess it wasn't part of the path. 
<laughs> I'm like, yeah, whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So coming back from coming back from Boom mm-hmm. and like where Boom Chicago in Amsterdam. Did we mention yes. that's in Amsterdam? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yes. That's right. when I first got it. I was like, so I guess I'm going to Boom Amsterdam. And they're like, no, guys, no, Haley, it's Boom Chicago in Amsterdam. And I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when you came back, like. Were you ready for something else or you were like, I just want to do improv? Because I know you are a writer as well. So where did that sort of pick up for you? Boy, I don't, I think I came back and I wanted to really drive it acting harder. And then I did get, like, I ended up hosting a show on Hulu for two years called The Morning After that was like a roundup show. It was like a water cooler show. Oh. It was really popular and then it got it got let go when they changed ownership and you know as it goes with all entertainment stuff it's like somebody new takes over a company and that's why a show that you might have liked and was doing well disappears is that it's like oh it wasn't mine so it needs to go. So I did that and I know that that directly had to do with things I learned at Boom Chicago because I learned how to host and how to like hold a stage and that sort of thing. But yeah and then I fell into writing from that because my friends convinced me to write for the CBS diversity showcase and then I got a bunch of sketches in and I got an agent from that and all that what year did you do the showcase that was 2013 because I did boom Chicago from 2010 to 2012 okay okay so like right after you got back a year after I got back I got or wait yeah like like six months after I got back but I was doing this Hulu show around that time too so yeah so then I was doing this the, and that was the showcase when it was like very messy, <laughs> very messy, scandalous, but it was cool. There's a lot of pe- cool people that like Nicole Byer was in it that year and John Milheiser was in it that year. A lot of great people. Oh. Carl Tart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very it was great. Cool. Yeah, it was really neat. That was and everybody was so nice that was like working on it. Um, that's where I met uh, Kyle as we were. We oh, wrote, really? Yeah, Which year did year. you write on it? 2000. Uh, 2007 I, I oh like two years ago two years ago yeah awesome ago. oh that's good yeah so the that was switched. the like new the guard year, the, yeah the oh, changing God. of the guard year thank goodness <laughs> did you have fun then I did yeah I did have a good time it was still a lot of work sure yeah but uh, my experience was I met a ton of awesome people right I, like really love the people I was working with it was really yeah cool. absolutely yeah. especially as Kyle Kyle Kasabian yeah. who we're talking yeah. about that I direct a sketch team that he's on it Man, he is so funny and so nice and so talented. That makes a lot of – it's very cool that you met him there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. The CBS Diversity Showcase, something – I don't know if we've – we've had a few guests on already who Mm -hmm. have been part of the the Diversity Showcase. When we talk about, like, oh, the changing of the guards, uh, there was a big scandal a few years ago. I mean, truly – I feel like since I had ever heard of the Diversity Showcase, it was apparent that it was a place where uh, they – it was supposed to highlight diversity, but it was like caricatures. It was almost like... It was offensive. Yeah, it was like offensive. <laughs> I mean, it, you could just say it. Like yeah. ster- it was like stereotypes of like of these races or abilities, and it, like that was encouraged. They are like, this is what is funny. Mm, and, and there was some sexual harassment stuff yes, going on. Yeah. I mean, it was messy. Yeah. And then it a, turned over. I had a friend who... <laughs> I had a friend who wrote on it and she like, bless her soul. She was so like, 
naive to it. She was like, oh, this guy, he he's yeah. really taken a shine to me. He's very nice to me. And it's like, uh, oh, honey, oh, <laughs> no. like, it's because he wants to fuck you. That's what happened. <laughs> That's literally what happened to me, too. Like, yeah. I, he was sexually harassing me the whole time. And I don't care about talking about it now because, like, they did a whole expose and he got booted. Yeah, oh, yeah. But, like, yeah, it was just, yeah, I, this person at the top was, like, doing that taking the shine to me and doing all the things and I was like oh and I looked back on it and I was like oh, I was being like super sexually harassed the whole time yeah and everybody else knew it but I didn't but I guess that's kind of how that works isn't it right that's yeah. kind of how it's like a lot of times with sexual harassment you don't realize it's happening to you until somebody else highlights it and then you're like oh yeah because yeah. it's it's mind games yeah because you're like yeah. you think it's gonna be like you think that you're like oh we're just being friendly they feel comfortable enough to uh, with me to make these sort of jokes and right yet and then you're and like, you sort hey. of talk yourself out of things right you're like oh but they're a nice person and they're a professional and yeah. yeah they're professional why would they and like a lot of times if they're friends with other people you're like well that's a cross check on them they're mm -hmm. fine yeah. but of course they're presenting a different phase too i mean we've all heard it at this point like this type of thing but it is weird how when you experience the first time you're like wow really is exactly like people say <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like step by step the yeah. exact same thing yeah, yeah and it starts to make you question your like talent where you're like wait were they just oh 100 percent. that fucked me oh. up Oh, yeah, goodness. It, it did mess me. That actually messed me up for a little while. I was like, eh. I mean, like I had a good experience with it. And luckily yeah. I was surrounded by other good friends that were like, no, you're but like, yeah, it's just well, they they kind of separate you out from people so that you don't get as close to other people. You know, it's like a very yeah. weird whatever. Yeah. It's over now. It's over now. Yeah. And since then, you've done. Awesome, amazing things. You were head writer of Powerpuff Girls, right? Yeah, I was a story editor, which is technically that that's the head writer in animation of Powerpuff Girls along with Jake Goldman. And I was a voice on it. And uh, yeah, I got to voice Princess Morbuck. So that was super fun. Cool. And then I, I helped develop a bunch of animated shows like Victor and Valentino that are out. Like I, I helped Diego kind of start molding that a little bit early on. And then... Like, he did all the molding, like, but I helped him with some outlines early on, you know. And then I uh, wrote on Last Kids on Earth, which is on Netflix right now. It's, like, mm, this really, cool. based on this really popular, it's, like, Ferris Bueller during the apocalypse. Like, oh, cool. what if the apocalypse was awesome? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and now I'm on a, uh, writing on a show, uh, head writing for a show for Henson. So that'll be out. Oh, my god! I can't say what it is yet. It hasn't been announced, so. Oh. Yeah. Were you a big, like, like cartoon, like, animation fan? Uh, yeah, I, I love animation. I like anything. I mean, it's just been... I like writing for anything and I've kind of gone back and forth. So just the past couple projects have been that and I have some adult animated stuff in development, but um, yeah, it's just like, that's just the way the cookies crumbled, I guess. Yeah. That's it. It'd be great if the animation, uh, if, if animation writers were in the WGA, because I think that would make everything a lot easier going between jobs and everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. But still kind of separated out, which is, I feel like going to change because the WGA wants to add us as writers and also animation's exploding right now. So WGA writers are being asked into animation shows because we can't fill those roles fast enough. So mm. I, I think it'll be interesting. See what, see what happens in the next couple of years. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Union stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a big difference. Like it does. That's, like that's worth talking about. 
the business part of being a writer or like performer is just as important as anything. Right. And if you know how to sell yourself, like, do you feel like you make a con like a concerted effort to like present yourself in that like business setting? Yeah, I think to me, I always think about mm, more than anything. I always try to think about it like this whole industry, like a, uh, since I'm like a science and math person, I always think about it like, remember those phase change diagrams where they talk about like boiling water and how it's like all of the particles, it's the particles running up against each other and that's that's how they turn into vapor. It's like the energy exchange and turns them into vapor. I always think about being in as many places as you can is literally the best best way to do anything because the more people you know, the I mean, you work, you should work hard. But also just I just try to always be doing like as many things as I can and meeting as many people as I can because I feel like that's so much of the business. Yeah. It's like who is this person? Do I know them? Like that matters a lot. I think because this is a more relaxed business. So presenting yourself to business like can sometimes not be the best avenue. But just oh, being yeah. around weirdly is a good avenue yeah <laughs> like just be around don't drink too much that's basically <laughs> it like <laughs> oh that's fair yeah be around be nice yeah. don't drink too much that's pretty much i think like that's when i look back on it and i'm like okay what were like the dumbest mistakes i made usually if it was like tied one to one too many on or i was being a dick and sometimes those go hand in hand right yeah <laughs> so Often. i was like nowadays i'm like no i keep i keep it pretty high and tight <laughs> oh that makes sense that's very good advice because i feel like Thanks. we get pressured you know like so many comedians are are socially anxious and you feel this pressure to like just drink it and drink drink uh, so yeah so you feel like lubricated and then you do stupid shit yeah exactly you do stupid shit and it's like some people some people will dismiss that and some people won't so it's like better yeah. to just be like you know yeah switch switch your drink out for a seltzer every Every, you know yeah. after every drink that's just like i'll have a drink if i go out to like a social thing with other comedians and stuff and then i'll have like then i just basically switch to to like club soda for the rest of the night because i'm just like eh i don't want to say something stupid like i'm <laughs> just like not a smart drunk so <laughs> really because i become a genius when I drink. <laughs> yeah that's right you are too smart when you're drunk <laughs> That makes sense. It's it's interesting hearing that you that you studied like mathematics and or oh, yeah, you yeah. said specifically it was it was mathematical economics, but basically math. Yeah, yeah it was like math. Yeah, math, <laughs> it's math. just math. Yeah, there's yeah. something about that because I feel like like uh, like since I've known you or known about you, even you seem like somebody who who once you get an opportunity to do something you just fucking you zone in like you zoom right oh. in on what you need to do to like do that thing does that make sense oh thank you yeah that's cool i'm glad i appear so put together yeah <laughs> oh. wow it's nice to hear what other people see right i know i'm like shit what else did, what else did you think about <laughs> yeah you do seem you do seem very like put together you seem like somebody that's who's awesome like, you seem like the kind of person who just has the one drink out with the Right. You know, but that's yeah. a conscious yeah. effort you know yeah. like that's the thing it's like i well i think we all feel very messy underneath you know like yeah. and but i yeah like i i never feel like that put together but, I, but i'm like oh but i try to be like well 
you know, when I look at the people that I think maybe, maybe we're all just misperceiving everybody else, but I'm like, whenever I look at the people that I want to be like, I'm like, yeah, they never seem to like get themselves in trouble with stuff like, <laughs> yeah. like that kind of thing. Like the people I want to be like, you know what I mean? So there's some people that are celebrities just stumble into stuff, but I'm like, yeah, the smartest people are just kind of like out do, do the, do the business hello and go back to their lives. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. yeah Yeah, yeah. what are some of your challenges I think I think that I still have I'm too hard on myself probably Mm. and in a way not in a way that's like that's like this needs to be better and better and better like I think I'm pretty chill I'm a little zen with my work when I'm doing it but just like where I'm at sometimes there's like an ego projection that's like you got to be further along further along and it's like you know that's but I know objectively that's not right right (laughs) that's like everything comes at its own time so I think that's probably like my biggest challenge right now is just being like cool with the path like I would love to be better at that yeah I would love to be better at that and I'm working on it but I'm not very good at it yet. <laughs> well, it's hard because, like, where do you find that balance between being like, I'm motivated, I have goals, while also accepting that just the path will be whatever the path is. Yeah. Yeah. That's a struggle I'm having right now because I'm, like, very content, but I'm trying not to be too content. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's that yeah. balance of, like, I want to be happy, but I don't want to be too happy because then I won't be motivated. To right. Myself. You want to be able to strive for yeah. certain goals and stuff like that absolutely like that's the, the the hard thing is that it's just like balancing out those those things and knowing that there's timing on stuff that that's like really beyond your control yeah. is that's hard yeah. I feel like and then you read that Anne Dowd article where she's like I broke at 53 or whatever and you're like yeah okay shut yeah. up <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I need I need to cram it (laughs) yeah Yeah, Jane Lynch said she didn't start making money doing this until she was 40 and that really inspires me I know that makes me so funny and you're just like okay thank god I love Lucy didn't come out till she was 40 like yes that didn't she was because she was doing b-movies and then she she did a lot of stage stuff too she did a lot of stage stuff and then Desi and her toured with her vaudeville act and then that's what prompted I love Lucy to get like them to get like, Hey, come up with a pitch or whatever. But she, that didn't start until I think she was 40. Yeah. She was, which means like she also then had like her, which they had two kids or whatever, like after 40 too. So it's like, and Mae West was 40. So there's a lot of people where it's just like, Oh yeah. I think we're just so youth obsessed that we're like, no, get it in pop by the time they're 23. And it's like, no, that's for people who are related to famous people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They get to like, pop when they're 23. Yeah, or have like rich parents or something. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah exactly. Yeah, Which like, hey, no hate. Like if you're yeah. born with that, like you're given that hand, that's yeah. dope. Yeah. You can like, use it. Yeah. Sure. If hell you're not yeah. an asshole about it and you're like nice and you're talented and you work right. hard, I'm like, hell yeah. Like, yeah. absolutely. Like Julie Louis-Dreyfus comes from so much money. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah. but she didn't, I think like her family was like we're gonna cut you off if you go after this and she was like well i'm gonna go after it and she i'm sure in the back of her head she was like but if if it doesn't work out i obviously have billions to fall back on or whatever but she did work hard and it's like you can't there's no being mad at somebody for that it's like you can't can't hate when somebody is like i don't know like they got pocket rockets what could you say like they got it (laughs) off the off a deal you know like (laughs) i don't know it's it's not their fault that was the hand you know yeah so 
uh, yeah, I never mind. And yeah, as long as people aren't dicks about it, it's like, uh, what, what are you going to do? Just find your way in, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you just have to work harder. You just got to work harder. You just have to work a little bit harder. You got to work harder. Find your way through it. Speaking of working harder, now I'm curious about what what are those things that you are like, oh, I got to get to this point. What, what are your like goals? What's your like stupid dream where you're like, if I say this out loud, then oh, I'm embarrassed. Uh, totally. I, I want to have. I want to have my I Love Lucy. I love that show. I think that show is the most pristine comedic example in in like recorded comedy mm. history. Like I just can't. I am so flabbergasted at how a sitcom from now, like coming up on 70 years ago, you can turn it on and you're like laugh your ass off the whole way through. And you're like, yeah. that's something else because comedy a lot of comedy doesn't age well so yeah. i'm just completely mystified by that and i want to have i would love to have like that show where like you flip it on like i love Haley, <laughs> and like a hundred <laughs> years later and they're like i don't know it's just still funny like <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what i want like yeah or or my own simpsons so it's like that yeah. i want to have one one or both of those so i'm and i am working on it i am taking steps towards that but yes that's my dream hell yeah so we'll see i don't know that's a great dream i love that yeah you know what so yeah if, worst case scenario i just go i'm gonna buy a farm in patagonia <laughs> <laughs> and away i go <laughs> yeah cool well, thank you so much for coming on thank you ladies it was so awesome i'm such a i'm such a big fan of yours nikki and, and katie i just met you today you but you're met. awesome <laughs> you're, you're, oh you're awesome gosh, listen great. This I, great i mean i admire i've admired you from afar for a while so oh, i'm glad that we know. finally get to make a connection yeah ditto this podcast gets me the opportunity to meet so many people who i, I like love, love it. never get to talk to it's awesome love it yeah well we'll have to have you guys come on our podcast at some point too because we have the godzilla podcast Ooh. yeah godzilla versus podcast zero oh my gosh listen to it i host it with george Jaws. He's yeah. fun. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you guys should come on. We just talk Godzilla movies with people that like Godzilla. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Doing so it. many things. So you're Godzilla podcast. Mm hmm And writing on this show. Yeah. Super top secret right now. That's top secret. Secrets. And then uh and then I'm like, yeah, coaching teams around town, like yeah. that sort of thing. Directing so. Donatella. At Donatella at UCB. Mm -hmm. Such a good team. Directing Dynamo at the pack. Also such a good team. Really, really cool. It's it's been it's fun. Super fun. Yeah, cool. Awesome. awesome. Thanks, ladies. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Woo.